Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. We're glad to be with you this morning. It's been a struggle to figure out whether we're actually going to get to do the show today with all that's been going on with the weather here lately. Um, my guests today are Don Bueller with BLM and Ron Sherler, who's part of the Certified Federal Survey Program now and formerly with BLM. We thought we would give our audience an update on what's happening with the program and give a little background where it came from, of course, but an update on where it is and perhaps where it's going moving forward. So uh, welcome, Ron and uh, and Don, for being with me today. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. And for, for those who uh, may think Don sounds sleepy, it's because he's one of those people that got caught up in the travel issues we had with our weather. So I appreciate you being able to, to be with us today, Don. I know that it's been a a tough weekend for a lot of people, and even for the ones of us who didn't travel, it's been a tough one. So thanks so much for, for getting uh, getting on the call with us. Yeah, it was it was quite a trip. I was out in San Diego, and uh, all the flights uh, coming into Washington area had been canceled, so no one really made it back till late last night. Yeah, that was, that was tough. By the way, before we get the show going, I don't know if either one of you saw our newsletter last Wednesday, but I, I made a mistake in the newsletter. I, I wrote the piece about what we're going to talk about today, but I started out by saying that we're going to talk about the Certified Survey Pro- Technician Program <laughs> and, instead of CFED. And uh, I don't know, I had a brain cramp, I guess, and I got several emails from people saying, really, you're going to talk to these guys about the CSD program? <laughs> And I said, well, it's a, it's a surprise, so you'll have to tune in to find out if that's what we're actually going to talk about. But nonetheless, I apologize to those readers who were confused by my, by my mistake. I was, like I said, I had a brain cramp, I think. So maybe a good way to start, Don, is to just give us a little background on, you know, what the mission, what got the program started. Um, somewhere, you know, Ron's been involved in this thing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, both of you, but... Ron, you and, and Dennis Moulin were working on educational programs. I guess they were internal at the time, but long before this program got started, right? Well, yes, and actually the, the training program goes back to Jim Simpson and Al White in the, in the 70s uh, with BLM's original Advanced Cadastral Survey, and then uh, Dennis and I both were instructors at various times in advanced cadastral survey and then that material is what we sort of transformed and uh, developed into the CFEDS training. Right and and then Don you can fill our audience in some people will know some won't how the whole thing got started what what was the sure what, what was the genesis? Well the the CFED program really came out of uh, a lawsuit that the uh, American Indians had a uh, with the U.S. government. Uh, the U.S. government has a fiduciary trust responsibility to the American Indian as as uh, individuals and tribal nations. Uh, uh, this lawsuit was a class action suit that said that, that the government had mismanaged uh, these trust assets uh, since, you know, before uh, the Constitution. And and so uh, it went through court, and then um, uh, during that time, we um, 
began to look at at how we do manage all our our fiduciary trust uh, responsibilities, and in particular the the survey of Indian lands, which is very critical to their reservations, and it was recognized that that there there was a deficiency in in uh, in the surveys on some of the Indian lands uh, that that uh, many times uh, they were being surveyed uh, without professional surveyors, and even professional surveyors didn't have a complete understanding of of the uh, of the the processes that we use for the survey. Uh, of the Indian lands and the boundaries. So, so we, during this uh, process, we decided that it, that there were going to be some uh, changes in in how the government was going to manage the cadastral component of it, and the CFEDS program, which is an education program, is one of the outcomes that came out of that. Um, uh, the, you know, so. We developed this program, as as Ron Schurler said, it, it came came out of our training program. Uh, during that time, uh, we had a, a single individual who ran the program, but we decided we would add one additional uh, uh, individual, and that was Ron, uh, to help in the development of the the CFED program. Um, so you know, it's it's. A, a great program. It takes advantage of, of, of all the past trainings that we've we've had, and and we offer this training to uh, private land surveyors. Uh, and it's a it's it's a distance learning um, package that has testing, and and it elevates the knowledge uh, of uh, a professional survey surveyor in the public land survey system. With that emphasis on the on the uh, Indian component of our surveys, so was it originally intended as a, uh, a another component of internal training, um, and then decided to go over with the private sector folks, um, and it was was it part of the training program internally to begin with, or was it always intended to be for both private and public surveyors? Well, originally, you know we. The intention was for the private surveyor, the, the, okay. the professional surveyor. But we realized since we were were using our our uh, expertise, our our instructors that that teach uh, at seminars throughout the country, that we could capture that and use it internally. Also, uh, there are other federal agencies that are using it. We have. Uh, our sister agencies within the Department of the Interior, the Fish and Wildlife Service, the National Park Service, Bureau of Reclamation, as well as the Bureau of Indian Affairs. But uh, we also see that there, there, uh, are, there are agencies outside of the Department of the Interior at, in agriculture, uh, the Forest Service, and, and now more recently the National Resource Conservation Service uh, both of them out of agriculture are beginning to use this program, as well as others, which I'm sure Ron is a little bit more aware of. Right. Um, and, go ahead, Ron. I just might say that, yeah, we have, that there are several state agencies that routinely put their surveyors through it. Uh, we get a lot of people even from county 
uh, and uh, uh, city governments. And then we have we have quite a few uh, surveyor instructors. So uh, and then they can use some of this training in in their classes. So it's uh, it has a fairly broad reach. So when when the thing was first conceived, and and I know there was a connection to the to the to the uh, tribal groups. Um, I, the program really is it's not just for basic layout of sections of land or anything like that. It really goes down to the parcel level, I guess, in terms of part of the training. Is that correct? Uh, I'll, I'll, yes, it does. It, it, in fact, we talk about, uh, in some of our continuing education classes, we talk about all the, the various non-rectangular parcels in the public land survey system. Uh, in, in the training itself, of course, we talk about allotments, how to subdivide sections, fractional sections, uh, uh, various methods that were used to subdivide sections within Indian land. Uh, uh, we go into uh, some of the title issues with Indian land where there's uh, undivided interests and uh, uh, trust patents and trust responsibilities. So uh, it's a pretty thorough look at the public land survey system uh, down really to its, its smallest Parcels. So, Don, from the administrative side, um, tell folks how that kind of works. Well, we um, when we set this up, we w were looking for a, a, a partner that that would be able to help us uh, in this, and and at that time, ACSM, which is now NSPS, had had some training programs, and so we approached uh, uh, NSPS as a, a, to help us co-administer this because they had the ability to do that. Um, and so uh, we, we developed a, a, an agreement with NSPS that they would, they would administer the program, the fees, the tuitions, and, and things like that which is something that we don't do very well within the government. It's not a, a thing that, that we're, we're uh, within our scope of work. So that was developed early on. Um, NSPS, uh, you know, has been, done a great job of, uh, of helping us in, in the development of the program and facilitation of, of all the training materials, the website, and, and things like that. Yeah, and I, I have to give good credit to Trish Milburn and Bob Jupin in, in our office because they're the ones that catch the brunt of all of this and taking in the orders and and uh, you know there there are times when that's that's a fairly um, busy job depends on where we are in, in the process and you know when a number of people get involved in the program or a new module comes out or something like that but uh, um, at least from from my perspective as as Working with them, I think they do a pretty good job of pulling all that together and getting, get, making sure people get the uh, get the materials that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a, a continual development that that we have had. There are what we would call uh, additional modules or continuing education modules that that have been developed, and and that's still a major process uh, 
we're working on some of those right now, uh, and um, uh, and we also have some of those for, uh, that are specific to BLM that NSPS is, is helping us with. I think this partnership has been great. Uh, it's you know it meets our mission, and I think it meets the secretary's uh, trust responsibility, and uh, it's it's a great uh, partnership. And we think it's a good role for us, too, as the organization representing surveyors to be able to be part of, of this really important program. So it's, it's you know, it's, I think it helps NSPS in terms of our um, credibility, if that's the right word, or at least our people's perception of us. And so we're, we're real happy with this. But and we're about ready to go to break, so when we come back, maybe we'll get Ron to talk some about neither BLM nor NSPS really had the capability to do a lot of the development program, actual development to, you know, I'm talking about the hardware and that kind of thing, and, and so we had to have a partner in doing that. And uh, since Ron's retirement, he's been involved in that. So when we get back from the break, Ron, I'll get you to talk to us about that. So let's go to our first break. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before the break, we were talking about the partnership between BLM and NSPS in uh, implement- implementation of the program. Of course, the BLM is involved in the in the creation and development as well, and NSPS is more involved in distribution and, and follow-up and that kind of thing. But as I was saying before the break, um, there's another phase to this that neither one of us uh, – could take on, and so there was a process of finding a, a company who could do that, and the company that was ultimately chosen is called Training Solutions Plus, and they're, I think, Don, they're located out near us, aren't they, over in Manassas, Virginia, I think is where they are. Correct. Yeah, they're they're right here in, in the D.C. area. 
And they have, of course, all the technical capabilities to pull things together, but they needed somebody who could make sure that what they pull together is what was actually intended to be used. And and that's where, where Ron came in, I guess. Uh, was this right after retirement, Ron, or was there a little bit of gap there? Yeah, no, it's just about a month, actually. What, what happened is uh, Roger Green, who was the CFITS program manager, BLM employee in the National Training Center, retired, and uh, I uh, started working with Training Solutions Plus as a training coordinator ju- just to deal with developing continuing education courses. Then they asked if I would fill in part, just kind of part-time uh, or, or for a short time as a program manager, and uh, uh, that got extended a little longer, and uh, uh so I've been working there now for going on five years uh, in uh, taking care of the, kind of the day-to-day administration of the program, working with the panel. Uh, we have a CFETS panel that oversees the program, uh, so I work with them on uh, policy and, and on funding issues, uh, on, on direction for the program, uh, and in developing continuing education material. But Training Solutions Plus, who you ask about, uh, is who I work with, and they've been with the program from the beginning, which actually we're we're starting our 10th year. Uh, Our first uh, uh, surveyors enrolled in uh, 2006, uh, and the first exam was in February 2007. So we're we're just on our 10th year uh, with the program. Training Solutions Plus... Uh, developed our website. Uh, they help us develop continuing education courses. Uh, they do all the the technical stuff to put them together, to make them look good, to make them work, to to do all of that kind of thing. Uh, they also uh, provide technical support for anyone who has any issues with the continuing education material working correctly, any computer problems. Uh, they deal with those kind of things. And they also do all the shipping of, of uh, material. So they work closely with your office, Kurt, uh, to make sure material gets shipped on time. Uh, and and uh, they also make sure that our website works properly and, and is up to date and, and take care of those kinds of things. Right, and that's another... Go ahead. And, and they've been with the program from the beginning. Yeah, and that's another uh, another one of those links between our office and theirs. That's another thing that Trish takes care of to make sure that, as you said, everything gets processed properly so the, the materials can go out. And I guess um, over that 10 years, a lot of things have happened technologically in our world, as we all know. Um, so has have delivery methods or pre- uh, processes changed with time? I, I know there's always new and different ways to do things. Or is there... Have there been changes? Are we looking at changes in how to deliver the materials? There, there have not been a lot of changes. Uh, 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 early on, we all of the material was on uh, DVDs, and we changed. We moved that to a, a hard drive um, after about two years, I believe. So now the material uh, for the for the original training is is mailed to to students on a hard drive, and the continuing education material, most of those uh, 
come on uh, a flash drive or something like that. A few are still on DVDs. But we're in the process of, of changing that, and, and what we want to do is uh, make those uh, so you can download them. So students don't have to wait. They can register. They can go to our website and download the material. And uh, we aren't shipping hard drives, and we aren't shipping flash drives around. And that will actually save us uh, a considerable amount of money uh, annually just uh, in the shipping costs, uh, the labor costs, and uh, the cost of buying the hard drives and flash drives and things. So that's one thing we're looking at. Um, another thing uh, which is uh, a little more extensive is a, a change in the registration. One of the things that we have sort of struggled with from the beginning is the number of students who register and never complete the training and take the exam. And it's a fairly high percentage. And it's a pretty big commitment. And, and we recognize that for surveyors sometimes uh, they register and work commitments change. And, and uh, so it, it's difficult. And so what we're thinking about doing is modifying our registration process to where the training is divided into three parts. And our, our exam has always been divided into th in three parts. Now we're talking about registration. So you can register for just courses one and two and just take the unit one exam. Uh, once you've completed that, uh, when you're ready, you can register for courses three and four and take the unit two exam. Once you've completed that and you're ready, you can unit register for courses five, six, and seven and take the unit three exam. When you've passed all three exams, uh, you're certified. Uh, that, we hope, will make the time commitment a lot more manageable for surveyors uh, and able to work it in with their workload and, and whatever. So that's something we hope to get done this year. We've got it budgeted. We have the money in our budget uh, that was recently approved, so we hope to get that taken care of this year. I would think the download system that you're going to would be instrumental in that, too, so people don't have to worry about what they did with their hard drive or whatever. They can download it as they need it, I suppose. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, one other thing that we have we have just talked about, and, and I'm not sure where it will go, but we have, uh, we have 14 continuing education courses available right now. We have two more that will probably be available in February, and then we're working on a, a third. Actually, Dennis Molin and I are working on it that we hope to be available in the fall. And so we've talked about uh, seeing, finding a way to make those uh, available to the general survey public, not just to surveyors. Um, now, of course, there are some issues with that because we don't want to infringe on uh, the state's uh, revenue from, from conferences. Uh, we don't want to uh, take away business from private uh, entities that uh, provide survey training. Uh, but at the same time, we think it's, it's important survey, it's important and good training for the survey community. And so we're just 
kind of exploring ways that we might do that. So if I'm understanding that correctly, um, let's say a surveyor anywhere, we all have continuing education credits for our licenses now, uh, so somebody could choose to take one of these these modules or courses um, through, their, through your online processes and then perhaps be able to use that as continuing education even if they're not a CFED for their state license. Am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. And, and right now, as far as I know, every I don't know of a single state that does not accept CFED's continuing education courses for their continuing education requirements. So I guess um, if somebody were interested in one particular course, they could just go take that course. Um, I, I guess my question is, it's not a build-on kind of thing. You have to take one to get to the next. I guess they could take one if they found it to be of interest. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, that's correct. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're a pretty broad uh, spectrum of, of courses, really. We, some of them are, are uh, look at Interior Board of Land Appeals decisions, which are, are basic just, uh, you know, decisions uh, about specific survey cases. Uh, we're about to put on on a, a one that is uh, it's it's a report written by Al White, uh, I think in '94, uh, about landslides and, and earthquakes and, and how they affect property boundaries. And the course is basically reading uh, that report, looking at the diagrams, passing an exam when you're done. One of the things that all of our continuing education courses has have is an exam at the end. So um, we go from things like that to courses about non-rectangular surveys where we talk about mining claims or, or uh, land grants or uh, homestead entry surveys, um, those kinds of issues. And uh, some, some courses, we, we have a course on uh, junior-senior rights and hiatus and overlap. Uh, so it, it's a pretty broad range of courses that we have in our continuing education lineup. And, and just to add, I, I think uh, these really have an emphasis on the federal uh, uh, role in those. They are broad enough, like Ron says, that I think uh, you know, any surveyor would, would be interested in these, but they, they do have that focus uh, from a federal standpoint, which I don't think you get from some of the other uh, education groups, they don't. They really haven't had that type of uh, experience or, or expertise. So, so I don't think it's it's something that uh, that we would say is in direct uh, conflict with with some of the current uh, education vendors that are out there. Yeah, and, I, and the, the uh, exam or, or testing portion of it at the end were. Kind of works really well because some some states require an outcome assessment and some don't. But you've got it kind of covered. If, <laughs> if they do need it, they've got it. And if they don't need it, then I mean it's still there. But that that makes a lot of sense. I can see where that would be uh, of interest to a lot of different people, not just just people even in in public land states, but just to broaden your knowledge. I, that makes a lot of sense. So we're gonna we're gonna go to our next break here shortly. When we come back, Don, maybe you can talk to us about the BLM cadastral surveys role in all of this, and then earlier uh, Ron had mentioned the uh, the, the uh, 
certification group, or actually he mentioned the, the review panel, but there's also a program certification panel that maybe you can tell us about what, what their role is, and this all kind of gets to uh, commitment from BLM as well. So when we get back, we'll have you talk to us about that. So let's okay. go to break. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before we were going to break, we were talking about the CFED certification panel, and and Ron had mentioned that earlier. Um, So, Don, you can talk to us about the composition of the panel and why they were created and what their role is. Okay, uh, Kurt, the the panel is is made up of... uh, uh, a group of surveyors and non-surveyors. Uh, it has two individuals that have gone through the program, two CFEDs. It it's, uh, has two tribal representatives. Uh, it also has what we call a BLM Indian lands surveyor. Uh, we ha- actually have a BLMer in each of the 12 uh, BIA regional offices and one of those is a member. We have one of our uh, state office chief cadastral surveyors on the, the panel. We also have a, a Bureau of Indian Affairs representatives who is usually not a surveyor. There aren't many surveyors in the BIA. And then we also have a, a, someone from the Office of Special Trustees, trustee for American Indians, uh, a representative there, and then uh, someone from the NSPS. And so it's, you know, every time, uh, you know, we do get a little bit of rollover in that and we, you know, do have a a challenge sometimes getting all the representatives. But 
But the panel used to meet face-to-face, but with travel costs, so usually they, they do things uh, over um, uh, conference calls. But they approve all items that are related to the CFED program funding. Uh, they, they'll look at special requests from anyone that's enrolled in the program. For example, someone might request additional time to complete the training as a result of some serious medical condition or other issue. And then uh, they also approve all the CFED program changes, and, and then probably most importantly, they approve the, the results of all the final examinations. And so they, they operate, I guess, independently, so to speak, um, of the program itself. I mean, they're part of it, but they, they, I guess the question is, they don't really answer to anybody in, in the program itself. I mean, they, in, a, in a direct uh, responsibility perspective, they're independent to make their own decisions. Am I correct with that? They do, and they make recommend, recommendations to the BLM uh, for, for these uh, uh, programs um, and, for, uh, and, and to NSPS, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, the management of the program. They're an uh, oversight uh, panel uh, that gives us input from a uh, perspective from the Indian side, the trust side, as well as the, the survey side. Yeah, and I, I know we talked about uh, earlier the, the program itself and how it's uh, progressed over time. Uh, what I, one of the things that I think is relatively new is the uh, the scholarship through the American Indian Science and Engineering Society? Maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, um, we have always um, been a part of, uh, you know, had a relationship with uh, ACES. Uh, they're uh, uh, a, a very good group that promotes uh, engineering and and surveying uh, in the uh, Indian community and at Indian schools. Uh, we just recently uh, did an agreement where we're offering scholarships uh, for the CFED program, and, and that was approved uh, uh, just this last year. And, uh, and, and you know, this is a great uh, way to, to involve more Native Americans in in the surveying program, and so we're pretty excited about that. They get a, a free tuition uh, for the CFED program, uh, which is uh, something they can use in, in their studies, uh, uh, whether it's engineering or surveying. So do the, the applications that come in for that, are they reviewed by the panel, or is there another entity that reviews them? You want me to speak to that, Don? Sure. Go ahead, Bron. Yeah, it's it's they're reviewed uh, through ACES and uh, then uh, the CFED's program manager. So the panel okay. approves that program, but uh, they aren't involved in uh, the selection. It's a, a the selection is a process set set up uh, that ACES use generally uses, and then the, the CFED's program manager is a part of that. So the, the criteria for the scholarship was developed through the, the ACES Society, or was that sort of a, a joint thing? It, it was a joint thing. 
So there is there um, maybe that's a good thing to talk about because we were talking about private practice surveyors getting involved in this and 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 if I'm understanding this program directly, the the folks who are eligible for this scholarship are actually working in the Indian lands and for maybe uh, entities within the Indian lands. I don't know if it's government or are there private sector folks there. Um, I I'm, I'm just Confused, I guess, a little bit about who's eligible for the scholarship. These these are for uh, Indians, Native Americans who are enrolled tribal members. Okay, it's very very specific. Uh, uh, we uh, sort of have on our agenda one one of the things that uh, I I would hope that we come out with before too awful long is uh, some other. Uh, uh, scholarships for, uh, you know, a few years ago, about four or five years ago, we began making the uh, uh, CFEDS program available for uh, LSITs uh, who are not licensed yet. Of course, they can take the program, pass the, the exam, they don't become a CFEDS then until they actually are licensed in at, one, at least one state. So one of the things that we've looked at is... Uh, Providing some scholarships for those people, uh, and uh, uh, just to, to promote the program uh, uh, to the younger, uh, I guess, people within our profession. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like it's a great preparatory thing to help people get get ready to take that the, the examination, uh, whether yeah. it's the fundamentals or the principles. So it sounds like it's a kind of a uh, win for everybody. I think so, and we, we have about, I, I think last I looked, we have about 30 uh, people in our program. I think we have 10 who have passed the exam, have not yet uh, received their license, and, and we have one or two who passed the exam before being licensed and, and now are licensed. So um, the, we, we, just, we think it's good training for people and maybe the earlier in your career you get the training, the better off you are. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Don. I, I was just going to say I was with the um, National Council of uh, Education for Engineers and Surveyors. Um, they have meeting over the weekend. And I was talking to some of the board's uh, uh, directors of various states, and the, uh, there is a challenge to get more people to pass the state uh, exams and the national exams, and and uh, the the success rate is very low in some states, and and so I think any education we do have, you know, is going to help them in in passing these these uh, state exams as well as the national exam. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. And one question I meant to ask earlier, and you may have answered this, and I, I missed the nuance, but with the the CFEDS training program. Um, and this is for people who are independent, or as we said, on the Indian lands or whatever. And but it's also—is it still part of the training internally in BLM? I mean, is it the same kind of materials that the the folks who are internal working for BLM are uh, using to progress in, in their profession too? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, we we utilize the the, the program. Both formally, you know, we encourage our people to actually become a CFED 
but we also do have the the program on available for our 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 po- our surveyors if they w- just want to take the course but not want to be a part of this the CFED program. We have looked at it both ways, uh, <clears throat> and right now we're we're going to develop it um, uh, uh, where th- where that option still exists. Uh, they they can actually have take the materials and study it themselves and and not necessarily have to take the uh, final exam. We think that by being part of it, though, it's it's a little bit more um, uh, uh, inclusive, and I think they benefit a lot more by being involved with the the, the other CFEDs because they do uh, have a, a website and they do discuss uh, some of these issues, and so it's they they become part of that community. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering too. Um, not directly tied tied to CFEDs necessarily, but I remember my old DOT days from the '60s. All the work I did there didn't amount to anything in terms of helping me qualify for getting the surveyor's license. But it would seem to me that within BLM, your your chiefs, a lot, most of your people, your head people are are licensed folks. So does the work that that your people do internally, working under those people, I'm assuming that counts as part of their experience moving forward toward licensure. Is that am I correct about that? Yes, you are. You know, whether they're, you know, whichever route they want to take towards a, a licensure, you know, I think uh, uh, if if I was a younger surveyor in the BLM, I would want to go through the CFED program formally. Uh, I think that's the, the best way of doing it, and, and, and I think it uh, most of the the, the board of licensures uh, throughout the states, uh, you know, have recognized that uh, internal uh, uh, education is great, and you know I'm not putting it down. But I think uh, you know this this formal is is a good way of of, of documenting it in a, and, and and becoming part of the the uh, entire uh, program. Yeah, I was just going to say that makes a lot of sense to me because. That word you use, documentation, is such an important one because, you know, anybody who's working uh, in a survey company, sometimes it, you you do a lot of work and you're very involved, but there's not really a program to document what you've actually done. But this program looks like it really provides a great documentation tool for, for those who are looking toward edu- toward, toward licensure. So it, I, that, that's a great, uh, great concept, I think. And, Kurt, uh, at least one state uh, now... Uh, will award you three, basically three months of uh, experience uh, for taking passing the CFEDS exam. So oh, we got to go to break, Ron. But, but but so when we come back from break, let's pick up on that because that, that's a really great point. So okay. uh, let's take our last break. And we'll be right back. Attention, surveyors! Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. 
Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Getting into underground utility location? If so, you'll want to know about the Schoenstatt Instrument Company's MPC kit, a multi-purpose combo for locating both ferrous objects and underground pipes and cables. And because it consists of two instruments in one package, it qualifies for trade-in allowances on two locators. Any kind, any make, any condition. Contact your dealer for details. Or visit www.shonstat.com. That's S-C-H-O-N-S-T-E-D-T dot com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back for our last segment with uh, Don Viewer and Ron Scherler this morning talking about the BLM CFEDS program and BLM program in general, and as we were going to break on, you were talking about um, one state in particular allowing a certain amount of credit for passing the CFED. Maybe you could follow up on that a little bit, and then we'll we'll get into talking about where the program's going from here. Yeah. Um, the the training, obviously, uh, you know, the our system for qualifying for, for taking your license is set up on a certain amount of formal training, and then experience. And uh, at least one state has recognized the benefit of the CFEDS program, and they're counting it, if you pass, they're counting it as three months of experience. And, of course, it's a little bit of a balancing act. You don't want to use uh, classroom training or training as experience, but I think they looked at this and they said, you know, uh, you're going to learn a lot more completing the CFEDS training than you will in three months of uh, field experience. And uh, so that was a that was a positive thing, and uh, we'll see if other other states follow suit. Well, Don, now that we've got the program up and running and it's been going for a while, um, and and from my perspective, it's been really successful. What do, you, what do you think the future looks like? Well, you know, we'll continue to uh, push it really hard, I think, within the, the BLM, in, within our 12 BLM state offices, as well as uh, the 12 BIA regional offices. Uh, we work with uh, a lot of private surveyors that that are surveying on the other side of the line, you might say, from the federal side or the Indian side. And having surveyors that have gone through this program is, is really helping us. Um, uh, how much uh, uh, we can continue to do that, I think, will we'll just depend on, 
on uh, on each uh, each state office and and BIA regional office. Uh, there are some that are are really promoting it, and and we're re- really excited about that, and others that aren't. We're now working though with uh, a new agency, the uh, Natural Resource Conservation Service (NRCS), which is a huge program in the Department of Agriculture. Uh, they would like to know, have a better idea of where their conservation easements are. They they buy these these conservation easements from farmers throughout the United States, all 50 states. They probably spend 15 million a year at least in surveying uh, for the location of these easements. Uh, they have come to us and asked us to help them out in in uh, in identity in identifying the easements, and we think the CFEDs will play a major role in that because, uh, you know, they're they're the ones that I think uh, would have this knowledge. Um, as, as well, just, just, a quick, just a quick question on that one, Don. Um, yes. In an organization like uh, NRCS, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they do some contracting out. Um, so it would seem to me that, We've had a conversation about a number of different things that surveyors can do um, and get certain certifications, you know, whether it's our hydrographer certification or whatever it may be. And, and my phraseology is it puts another arrow in the quiver of the surveyor who's seeking that work. And it sounds like this might be one of those opportunities as well. Yeah, I think uh, they do most of their work through contracts. And and I think uh, their contracts, uh, you know, as we begin to explain uh, how important it is to understand the public land survey system because most of these these large farms are or small farms are all based on the public land survey system. That that understanding is critical for their contractors. So uh, we we think that's going to become stronger in in their contracting efforts. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, also, we're uh, you know looking at four-year colleges and universities that had very little information on the public land survey system. We think the CFED program is is a great tool for that. Uh, Ron has mentioned you know many of the instructors and professors at some of these programs are, are using this, and uh, so we want to continue that. <coughs> um, as far as uh, the future, though, is you know, from a financial point of view, you know, it does have a good cash flow. Uh, you know, we have we have a, a good bank account. It, it supports itself, and and we feel pretty strong that uh, strongly that it's going to continue that way. Well, Ron, what's your as the program manager? What's what's your thoughts on the future for the program? Well, I you know I I think. Uh, from what I've seen, the, the biggest thing that promotes the program is the quality of the surveys that the surveyors, that the CFEDs do. And uh, what I hear is uh, uh, from various places across the country, from the East Coast, West Coast, South, Southwest, uh, uh, I'll talk to surveyors and, and uh or, or people with tribes or, or uh, federal agencies, and when they begin to use a CFED uh, and they see that they're getting 
someone who really knows the public land survey system and provides a, a, a quality product, uh, they begin to uh, use those those CFEDs more. And what we see, there are a number of tribes uh, all across the country that use CFEDs exclusively now, and they've done that because of the quality of the work of the CFEDs. So uh, I, I think that's maybe the, the biggest thing that uh, can continue to make the, the program uh, a viable program is uh, that the, the surveyors involved in the program do quality work. Uh, they want to do really good surveys, and they have the knowledge and resources, uh, the, the training to, to be able to do that. Uh, so I see that as, as a really big thing. Uh, I believe we'll continue to uh, develop more continuing education courses and work on more efficient ways to deliver the training and more efficient ways to run the program. Uh, down the road, it would be nice if uh, we could deliver the, the training online, streaming, whatever. Uh, there are a few courses that we need to do some updating to. Uh, there are, uh, we continue to need uh, to reach out to uh, tribes and the Bureau, Bureau of Indian Affairs. Uh, we have areas where uh, the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the tribes have really embraced the program. We have places where uh, they have not. So we continue to need to... Uh, to reach out there, and uh, and I just see the, the program continuing to grow, maybe not rapidly, but uh, at a steady pace, and uh, uh, I think with BLM support, which has been solid from the beginning, uh, I, I see good things for the future. Do you think, and you mentioned live streaming before, and, and that's a big thing these days, everybody's talking about that, and we're seeing some of that going on and, and uh, doing meetings and that type of thing. And you would think perhaps that that might be a really good opportunity where you have an instructor who's there on a screen and there's a way to communicate back and forth with students. Uh, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know if he, all that's even available now, but it, I think it's getting there if it isn't. And I think that, that sounds like a really great idea because you're not kind of doing it alone. You have somebody to bounce things off of. Yeah, I think there are a lot of opportunities for uh, distance learning. Uh, just, you know, there are just all kinds of things. And, you know, in the last two or three years, we have uh, we have presented a number of continuing education courses or credit for CFEDs at state conferences. Uh, and I think we'll continue to do that where we'll get a chance to actually uh, meet CFEDs uh, you know, have interaction, and, and there, there are training programs that are available uh, through distance learning, but we also present those live uh, at conferences. But I think what you mentioned as well, uh, there are just all kinds of new techniques for delivering training, and, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, keep up with that and, uh, and become more efficient and continue to... Uh, 
deliver the, the training in the best possible manners. Yeah, true. We got a couple minutes left before we have to, to go today. I don't know if, if we've left out anything that either one of you wants to, to bring up um, about the program or or uh, just uh, the whole issues that are going on in general, but uh, well, I'll just give you that opportunity. Yeah, uh, um, Kurt, um, I I was um, thinking about the, the CFED program with uh, – uh, actually, uh, I had d- dinner with one the other night, and uh, he was a CFED, and he, you know, went on and on and how what a great program it was, and which was really nice to hear. But he pointed out something that I hadn't really thought of. He said the economic benefit of this program to the country, not only Indian country, but the country as a whole, is probably immeasurable right now, and. You know, because it's you know you're getting better surveys, you're uh, you're uh, avoiding a lot of litigation just you know from these surveys. This knowledge is, is has meant so much uh, to the to the surveying world and to the our our, our customers and and uh, and I, I I agree with him. You know, this you know is something that was was set up to help uh, in our trust responsibilities to the American Indians, but I think it's also been a, a trust responsibility to us, to our, to the uh, the nation as surveyors, to to provide better boundaries, and uh, and that economic benefit I think has just been great for for us, and 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 I I really hope we can continue to to expand this program and and. Uh, and continue to see that benefit. Yeah, we got thirty seconds, Ron. Any last thoughts? Well, you know, I just might might mention. I, I was just looking the other day, and the the private sector, uh, through tuition and fees, have now contributed over two million dollars to this program uh, in in the nine years it's been in existence. So, the private sector has a lot invested as does BLM, and uh, uh, so it's it's really important that we uh, maintain the program and and uh, just continue to improve it and, and make it better. I would agree with that. Well, with that, it's time for us to go. Thank you so much both for being with me today, and I look forward to talking with you sometime soon. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, guys. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.